Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perception Podcast with me, your host, Caroline Partridge. Today, I talk to former therapist, intuitive coach and mentor, Amanda Hart, about the publication of her long-anticipated book, Sue Me, a memoir of her experiences of domestic abuse and coercive control. She reveals the surprising backlash the book received and how it was stalled at initial publication in 2015. Amanda also shares how she survived a childhood of graphic, physical, emotional and mental abuse by cultivating a healing relationship with the natural world and what can only be described as angelic experiences. Please join me as we look at life through a different lens. Hello, Amanda, and welcome to the Perception Podcast. Thank you for coming in to talk to us today. No, thank you. I I really appreciate the invitation. Oh, it's wonderful. So now, um, you, as I said in the introduction, have been uh, a therapist, worked in therapy, and at the moment you are working in mentoring and um, coaching. Yes. Um. And what I really wanted to look at first and foremost today is what you're working on at the moment, um, which is a book about domestic violence and changing the narratives and the perceptions around domestic violence. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Um, um, so so I've just had a book that's uh, gone out uh, on the 21st of November. Um, this is the, the updated edition. It was originally um, published in 2015. And at the time, I was not um, strong enough to deal with the backlash that came from that. Um, it was a memoir. It was about my story. And I'd written it purposefully for my children because I'd gone through a, a big health scare and I didn't know what the outcome of that would be. And I wanted to make sense of my life so that they could make sense of theirs, because I know from the work that I do that we carry on, we pass on our a lot of our conditioning onto our children so that they could find the clues, the, the bits of their life that wasn't working so that they could make sense of that. So that's how it originally came out. Um, but I pulled it after four months because I had a lot of backlash from people in the industry who were helping with domestic violence because it was all changing at that time. Um, incredibly, I, I had the, the book was endorsed by Professor Evan Stark, who was whose research has changed the Serious Crime Act uh, in 2015 in relation to the uh, domestic violence um, part of the coercive control element of domestic mm-hmm. violence, which changed uh, the, the system, you could say, radically. So back at that time, um, it was very new. Um, there was a lot of change in the health, judiciary and the policing uh, you know, systems um, to help support how they would deal with prosecution and help uh, people in these situations. Mm. Um, but it was a it was a huge huge challenge for for all those three sectors, and and I uh, came in very naively with this book, and and I had lots of lovely endorsements, and I was invited to coercive control conferences, 
Um, but I think I ruffled the feathers of people who are very, you know, rightfully very serious, qualified people who are helping in this in this area, this arena. Um, and so uh, what I didn't realize at the time was actually it was coercive control. I mean, the irony, mm. I was coercively controlled and and I, you know, I went and hid in my cave because I found it was all too much. I thought, well, and I'd already had to go through a lot of challenge through my life through co- coercive control. And I didn't expect it in that area where there was authority. Uh, they were the, the very people who were supposed to be helping. Not all. It was just a few. It was just a select few. So I pulled this book. Um, and Ron, and on, and on, sorry. sorry, Amanda, I was just about to say, so yeah. what was it then that was ruffling the feathers? What was it that you were saying that was ruffling the feathers? I it was, it was uh, people were saying that I had no qualifications and no rights to to offer an alternative, and my alternative was that we have these programs that are deeply ingrained in our subconscious. Mm-hmm. So you know there is counselling. There's lots of fantastic programs out there. The Freedom Program, all of that is absolutely needed. It's very necessary. Um, but I recognise that through my research, my working on myself, my working with my clients, I recognize that there are underlying programs and beliefs, self-limiting beliefs in ourselves, in our energy field, that attracts these scenarios, these situations, and that we do have the ability to overcome them. And we can find solutions. Now, sometimes we do have to reach out for orthodox means. We do have to reach out for people, you know, in in, in the police and uh, you know, in in the health industry. What, whatever, whatever we need, uh, we 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 need to recognise that from within first and foremost. Mm. Um, and I think it, it was it was really a, a time of people saying, no, 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 this is this is what I'm do this is you know this is set in stone and we've got to go down one particular route so there was a lot of competitiveness over how people would recover from these situations and i think what you said there which i think is quite interesting is that people really kick back when you say you just said then that we have these programs that are ingrained and we attract things because people then equate attraction or manifestation of things with blame and it's not about blame because it's an unconscious patterning. Yeah. And I think and I think that's what really makes people angry because and, and also paints this picture of victims, because actually we are autonomous and we're powerful beings. So yes, sorry, I interrupted you, please. No, no, you're you're absolutely right. So first of all, that you're you're very right about the uh, the fact that we are powerful, and it tends to be that um, people that attract this this these situations tend to have a lot of power, but they also are um, vulnerable to those that take advantage of that power purely because they see that, and because we're open and um, very heart centered. Um, it, it, it a it has on one side of the scale it, we you know we can be very powerful human beings on the other side we can be vulnerable to those who manipulate that power mm. but um my my work my, my working philosophy is that actually all we need to do is look at what is it that's that side of us which is um 
allowing that vulnerability through and therefore that's when we find the answers because it's always about polarities you know when there's darkness Mm. we can always find the light so I found that it was it was understandable these you know there were lots of people doing great work but the last thing they needed was somebody like me you know who they claimed was a bit woo woo you know you mm. you you're not qualified as a police you know in the police you're not qualified in 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 the medical profession and you're certainly not not qualified legally so you know where do you fit in they they just saw me as woo woo all the, even though i had been introduced through the the uh, the coordinator the person that put the co- mm. conference together because i'd worked with her as a client so it's it was very controversial i guess at the time because it didn't fit in and therefore mm. if if people start saying well hang on a minute this this could you know could be could be a solution for me it could be a way through i could actually find some healing then how could they monitor that how could they um how could they they put that into a category how is it housed how is it how is it um monitored and that was the thing they didn't need that at that time they just they just had a certain way of doing it and that was that was the way it was so um it, it was it was a little bit scary and and some of these uh these emails that i received were anonymous some of them weren't anonymous you know some people didn't really care about uh, making it it you know known how they felt about it so I pulled this book after four months, which was very costly because then I had to go to a, a, a media solicitor to get my rights back from my publisher. It still created a wave, though, and it still spread out there. And the books had already got out there and they were being passed to other people. And people were coming to me and saying, look, you know, I can I can see by your story that you've gone through this. You mm-hmm. have found solutions. So therefore, can you help me? And that's really how how my life changed. And and then from there, um, I was picked up by Orion Publishing, and they wanted to then publish this. Wow! Um, so it was it, it was an incredible journey. When I got to Orion, it was fantastic, but they wanted to cut the uh, the book by half to fit in with the format of three other books they wanted me to write. So we we had a lovely formatted four book demo. It was great. You know, I was a nobody. Wow. Um, I got offered a four book deal. Uh, this was going to be the launch. Um, so, you know, to, to show the world, you know, who, who I am, what I do. And then I could go on with the, you know, write the other three books. Um, so they were very good. And they said, look, this is, this is not a story you can cut by half. We, this is your, this is your life's work and it's going to do good in this world. So they gave me my rights back to this book and now it's coming out for the third time. So it's, it's almost like it's it's been sitting there waiting and the story behind how this time it's come round is a story in itself so there is a second book after this as well so there will be a follow on book from this one oh my god i can't yeah. wait to hear so so it's interesting what you said about people are saying well what is your qualification to speak about this and it's lived experience yeah you know. yeah I I didn't want to go into this. I mean, this was not my destiny. I was I was supposed to become an interior designer. Um, My father, I remember my father telling me when I was a child and I as soon as I could read, I said, I want to be a writer. And my father said, don't be so silly. You can't write. You can't make money out of writing silly stories. He was an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So 
that kind of got quashed. Um, but I fantasized and I, I did, I, I was always very, um, in, you know, had great imagination. And I wrote and wrote and wrote as a child. Um, so it was inevitable I would eventually go into this arena. Um, but I didn't know what, what I was going to write about. And now, you know, looking back, I can understand it's my life experience and how I've overcome the challenges I've overcome. And then I've been able to help others to overcome them too. Wow. It's amazing. And can you tell us a little bit about without, you know, I mean, people want to read your book, obviously. (laughs) We don't want to give away too many things or do we? But um, would you be able to share part of your story so we can understand and the listeners can understand where this has come from and where your desire to tell the story has come from. It's really interesting you say that. I bumped into a lady yesterday who had bought my book and she came up, she said, I've got to give you a hug. I am so, she says, my husband says I'm I'm his book widow at the moment because I'm up in my bedroom reading your book and I can't put it down. And that's the thing. It it draws you in because there's it's that every chapter is like a story within the book. It's it's and when I look back, I cannot believe how much I've lived in my you know, I'm almost 57. Wow. But I have gone through so much in my lifetime. I think, you know, most people can't believe that this has actually all happened in in one particular lifetime. And and I think what you know, in a in a nutshell, I grew up with a very very um, challenging childhood on many levels. Um, so much so, it was um, it was basically fourteen and a half years of trying to survive and not knowing if I was was going to survive, and that was on a daily basis. Um, and somehow, I found solace in in nature. We had a big garden, so I was always thrown out in the garden. And I found this connection that I had from a very young age, probably starting around three, four, um, I started having angelic experiences. I started seeing them in my dreams. Um, And then I started having experiences while I was out in nature. And then I felt them around me whenever I was in danger. So it was a really surreal time for people to look at it from the outside in. But for me, it was very normal. Um, as I became an adult, I then thought, wow, this is this is not the norm. People don't do this. You know, why is it that I have had this experience and nobody else has? Um, and I assumed as an adult, a young adult, that I would go off and live happily ever after because I had freedom and choice, but that's not the case. I then went on to have one disaster after another, in the most graphic way. And it was so bad that I was forced at at one stage to stop and say, I'm not going to make it in this world. And there were many times that I had that conversation with myself anyway. But I remember specifically um, saying, I've got to find another way. And it was something that popped through the, the, the letterbox it was a brochure um, asking if I'm, uh, you know, I wanted a numerology report, and I thought, well, that's that's science. That's you know, and it's telling me that it can help me to find out what's going on wrong with my life, so that I can find some some answers. And I scraped together the twenty pounds for this um, this this report, sent off for it. Never done anything like that before. And when it came back, it was so accurate as to 
all the disasters that had happened up to that point. But the possibility that it was showing me was it was just unreal. And I thought, well, if if I just do what it says, which was, you know, just make a note, mental note of what's going wrong, then I can perhaps find some something that will, will give me a clue as to how I can move forward. Mm. And that's how I started. I started getting fascinated with the spiritual world and not that um, not that I was really taken into it or drawn into it naturally. I was very skeptical. Um, it was very natural for me to have angelic experiences and um, and and be very uh, imaginative and and be able to create stuff and manifest stuff. And heal, healing wasn't a problem either. It was just so natural for me because I had so, so many animals. Healing was a really natural thing. I. I don't ever remember losing animals because when they were sick, I, 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 you know, brought them to me. I healed them, and I just knew how to do that. But when I started looking at this as an industry, um, I got, I got frightened. I got very skeptical. I, I just mistrusted everything that was around me because that was my natural, um, I guess, default setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but the more I discovered by taking slow steps getting proof, taking more slow steps, getting proof, because that's the typical skeptical Capricorn that I am. Mm. Um, And as I was getting, doing, applying more of this and getting the results, I would try bigger and better experiments until eventually I was seeing results that were life-changing. And then people around me were seeing that I was going through a life change and said, well, can you help me? And at the time I was you know, I had another business. I was I wasn't interested in helping other people. I just I just got drawn into it, and that's how it started. Wow, that's a lot of information, and that's amazing. So, yeah. did you? So, did you start? You said that I'm, I'm sort of processing from the the very beginning of what you talked about. You said so as a child, you were surviving, mm-hmm. and yeah. was that due to? abuse in the home yeah on a on a very very graphic level um and and it could be uh, on a daily basis it could be hours at a time so you know i'm not i haven't really committed to writing a a lot about that i've Mm -hmm. i've touched on the surface and people will understand the way i write is to to give an understanding a flavor Mm -hmm. of what's happened I, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't my intention to do a kiss and tell, um, but yeah, that the um, the situations that I had to to survive were daily, and they could be enduring for you know for for a long time. M- most of the time, I would be praying for the physical violence because the mental and emotional was so traumatic. When I knew the physical was coming, I knew it was going to end at some point because that person would get exhausted. That's how that's how it went. So that's why it was important for me to, I guess, my purpose was to be involved in this this mm. scenario with with the the conversation around domestic violence and coercive control because I understand uh, the 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 um, the damage that can be caused through coercive control, which is the emotional mental. People always say, oh, did he hit you? You know, was he was he violent towards you? They think that's the that's the bit. The, it, most people who have been in these scenarios will say it's the mental and emotional torture 
that is that it, that destroys your soul it destroys the very essence of your your nature um the physical is just the you know that the another element but it's not as damaging and i'm not to say that physical dam uh, violence is is not damaging it's it it that we can recover from sometimes if it's mm. if it's you know not as graphic as as some some in some cases but the emotional and mental lasts and it lasts mm. and it's imprinted and it stays with you and then it keeps attracting more and more damage mm. Mm. and so when you say he you're referring to your father um and no just not not just him i was it was my father it was my it was mostly my stepmother that was the most uh. graphic violence um but there were other there was uh, abuse on many other levels in fact it wasn't until i was in my 50s that i recognized that i've been sexually abused by seven men altogether and i always thought it was just one it's and and apparently that that can be the case with a lot of people where they just block out a lot because it's so graphic when when they're young that they block it out and it tends to then manifest later on in life um and i i was quite shocked as this was coming to the surface because i there's a lot of my childhood i don't remember i'm not surprised yeah my goodness amanda i'm so it's so I mean, what's really amazing from this is that you are a survivor and that you are also in your survival, you're helping others survive. Yeah, um, but but also the, 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 this is I think this is why I want to highlight this now with this book, because I've gone into this arena, because I am um, passionate about this and helping others, I still at some level attract that. And that's quite hard for people to understand because they say, well, well, surely if you know how it all works in, in the mind and the emotions and you can work through the subconscious to help that and you can help other people do that, then why is it still happening to you? I had a friend the other day that said this. Well, I hope now, Amanda, that, you know, we've gone through this bit because I'm, you know, I'm still challenged. Um, it, you know. It, I hope you get the counselling that you need as if I I just I just haven't been fixed yet. And that's not it. I recognise and I've always recognised I've attracted a certain frequency of people. And that is people who've either got have got obsessed with me because they want to take my power or they want to destroy my power. And that's because it was so graphic when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So the reason I do what I do is it helps me to function normally as a human being. It helps me to live my purpose so I can help others. So it makes sense of my life. And also it keeps me, um, keeps me in that arena that stops me from getting it too dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I, I think I will always attract that at some level. There will be a, a, a point where I go, right, that's it. You put me out to grass now. I've had enough. You know, I'm going to go <laughs> off and live as, as, you know, as a nun and I don't want to do this anymore. But there's something that's a driver in me and that is injustice and that is bullying mm-hmm. and that is control of others' power. And, and I, I cannot help it, but I have to help and I have to make this world a better place to live in because it's it's just in my it's in my energy field now. It's yeah. just you know it's your DNA. It is. Yeah. 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 And so with the so so now 
the the series of books that you're um, going to publish will be four four series. So um, I've I've just released this one. This is called Sue Me, um, okay. and this came out on the twenty first of November. And I'm I've got plans to write the second book, which is the follow on book to this. Okay. And then I've got another book, which is uh, my my. I guess you could call it my how-to book. Mm-hmm. I've written several books. This is my fifth book. I've co-authored four other books. Um, but I've always had that plan that I would probably write three more books, and that would be this one, the follow-on book, and my how-to book, um, and then see where, where life takes me. So I um, I just I, I just see what's ahead of me. I see the long-term, mm-hmm. which is the changes I want to make in the world, and I see – you know what I need to do to get there um, to make this a better world, and and I just follow the you know that follow that path. It's no it's no real structure. It's just it's yeah. all instinctive. Yeah, exactly. You're going where you know there's there's nothing to do but action to take. Yes. As I always say, that's it's <laughs> like we we busy ourselves with doing things when actually it's just we we need to actually decide on an action take action and that will then lead to the next action the next course of action um and so with the work that you're doing with and with the book that you've written because we're talking about changing perceptions and redefining i suppose the arena of, of how people view domestic violence how they view the the survivors how they view the the perpetrators um do you feel with in your work how do you touch on that with your clients how do you how does that work yeah so um so it, it's really interesting when i when i was young i i believe the reason why i survived such harrowing experiences was because i learned to love my perpetrators and that was very natural as a child so as an adult, when I um, I was in these situations, I was very resentful, very angry, and for, you know there was there was a lot of negative um, fear behind it. But that made it worse. So, and it's not that I'm saying to people you've got to learn how to love your you know the people that are, are taking advantage of you. That's not it. It's when we separate, when we learn to to take um, ownership for our energy. And we surrender to what is happening to us and let go of the fear uh, and, and not let that be the driver. And eventually what we do is we focus on loving ourselves. And when we start to love ourselves, that naturally allows us to build and build and build and grow as our true potential. And as that fills, the fear reduces. So what we're doing is we're um, we're feeding the blueprint of the, our higher nature, and we're no longer feeding the fear that doesn't serve us. It's attached to negative conditioning around that situation, which is probably attached to previous situations or something that happened in childhood. And that's that's how we do it. It's a it's a beautiful process that unfolds. We literally just we we just see one one rising and one just fading away because you can't trick the um the mind you have to right. work within the the you know the, the the how it how it operates it's like an operating system you can't trick your computer it has it's all set up as it is and and you have to work within the parameters of how it works so that's what we do 
We just feed the blueprint and we no longer feed the fear. And that changes the perception. Wow. Wow. And have you found that that, I mean, I can understand that obviously would create ruffle feathers uh, uh, and and people would have a lot to say about that because the actual idea of, I suppose it's having compassion actually and being able to forgive people who have uh, caused you harm is such a, it's such a huge thing. And I think people struggle with that a lot. They struggle with forgiveness. Yes. Um, And and that's key, isn't mm. it? Forgiveness. Because Mm. if we don't forgive, then we we can't break those karmic ties to that person. Yeah. There's a, an ancient uh, Hawaiian tradition which is called Ho'oponopono. Yeah, Ho'oponopono, yeah. And that's the, I, you know, I often do it. I mean, you know what it's like, you can be in the car and somebody sort of cuts you up and you say something under your breath and and, <laughs> and instantly you know that, well, I mean, I've, for myself, I know my thoughts create things and this is what I teach my clients as well. So I, I by cancelling that out by saying, you know, I'm sorry, forgive me, you know, thank you, I love you. It's it, it takes strips you back and reminds you that you are just doing your very best. And that's the thing. I think we're we're so pushed to strive to, you know, we, I can't be dealing with the shame of this. I can't tell anybody that this is going on. You know, this is this is the thing. This is stigma as well. People think, well, how can I admit that this is going on? So I'll just keep trying to do this and eventually I'll get to a certain stage and I'll be able to get out of this situation Um, because there still is this stigma. There still is this shame attached. But actually, it's becoming more and more, um, I guess, recognized because of the sort of authority figures and the people that were in the public domain that are coming forward now or being revealed that were hidden before that were were you know taking advantage of people oh, perpetrators yeah yes yeah and and because of that people are recognizing well actually this is you know this is this is happening all the time in in mm-hmm. places where we looked up to these people well actually that's no different to you in your home where yeah. you looked up to that person at one point so i think people people have this misconception sometimes that it's weak people that get affected and it's just you know in in certain areas and it's um, it's people who may perhaps you know might have a certain type of education or work in a certain way or they might be um you know have certain dependence or whatever it happens in all walks of life mm-hmm. it happens in 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 work arenas i mean we've just had this leaked in the guardian with the um the the, the senior women in the mod who have uh, there's an investigation of how they they've um succumbed or had to succumb to these um you know the, this this abuse um within you know within their you know, colleagues with around their colleagues etc and so we are seeing this all the time and it's being revealed and i think that's because we are calling for that to be revealed now so mm. my goal is to help to uh, elevate that and to create more awareness around that so that we can shine a spotlight into the deepest darkest recesses of life mm. so that we start to eliminate it i mean it is a 23 million uh, sorry 23 billion pound industry every year we're spending 23 billion on domestic violence and that's because all those resources are stretched to help protect 
and to serve those people that are going through those situations. But those are just the people that are being revealed. Those are the people that are coming forward. Mm. What about all the others? Because it takes seven times on average for a woman to eventually leave that person or man. It could be a man as well. Mm. So it is a situation that is a process. It's not something that's just an instant. It's, it is a long process for many people. But the more we raise awareness, the more we're able to say, hey, maybe I've got a chance now. Wow. Do you think actually that, I mean, it strikes me really the whole uh, issue of domestic violence, uh, violence in general, actually, but here with domestic violence and also abuse, mm. um, as I mean, sexual abuse, it's not that's, it's never to do with actually, it's never to do with sex. It's it's about power. Yeah. And the violence is always about power. Yeah. One person's power over another because actually they completely feel disempowered themselves yeah. and need to exert something to, you know, exert exert force over another. I mean, we're seeing this now in the world. Yeah. Uh one one uh, entity uh, trying to exert force and power over another, yeah. Um, and it's so, and and it really comes from this idea. It's it's like that we're separate and we're not separate. You know this this whole idea of separation and this whole. When you were talking earlier, I just thought, wow, yeah, people just immediately our minds go to. Uh, anger. It's incredible how quickly we go to anger, and it's a very toxic society. Is a very we 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 have become a very uh, toxic and intolerant um, society, where people may say something, <laughs> uh, and immediately uh, they're. They're, I mean, especially now, I think cancelled for saying people are cancelled for saying things. People are people are berated for uh, saying things. Um, obviously, there's healthy debate, but this idea of kind of people just piling in on mm-hmm. someone, as I suppose you've you, you yourself have experienced this, being smothered, being, and again, that's. You were saying about control, coercive control. We're going to, we're going to shut you up. Yeah, you know, we're going to exert power over you to shut you up because we can't face whoever we is. You know, the big we. We can't yeah. face having uh, anyone have a different opinion or have their own free will. Mm. Even more frightening. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Somebody said to me the other day, they said, you know, social media was only created because it was to to get people to get antagonistic with one another so that they could confront each other. And it would cause not just debate, but, but you know, arguments to, to sensationalize. And I thought, well, you know, that's that's the way we've gone. We've we've created this this monster really where you know there's a lot of good that's out there and that we can create and and we can send a lot of of, of good hope and promise out there to to the world but also there is a lot of narcissism and there's a lot of coercive control and there's a lot of um of of people shutting others down Mm. and the 
um, you know, how that is being perceived by our younger generations. I mean, my kids are now, you know, are so overwhelmed with how they've got to behave, how they've got to show up every day, how they, what they have to wear, how they speak. You know, the communication is nothing as it, you know, what it was like when we were young. It was about mm. reading and talking and, and, you know, to make a phone call, you had to ask permission to go into the hall to use the the, the one phone in the mm. house. Now it's just a God-given, you know, to have this thing that's attached to the end of your hand. It's just another extremity. Um, but I find that it's it's incredible how we've got to a point in our life where we are seeing a lot of what, what's going on with control in the world. And we think if we go and sort all that out, then everything close to home will be, be okay. But it's not the case. If we take um, responsibility and ownership for what's going on, not just in our homes and our community and our families, but what's going on in our head, what's going on in our thoughts, what's going on with how we're communicating with the world, then that has a very different effect on the greater greater good and people you know some people understand that some people just think oh yeah i don't you know i don't really see that it's it is all energy and we all, all are all connected and the reason why i bought this book out this time was it was it was recommended to me over and over again that i change the names i change the um, that the narrative, I changed the story, I changed the the places. In fact, it would never have been the story if I had done what people were telling me to do, because mm -hmm. they said, "Well, you can't, <clears throat> you can't tell the truth. You can't go out there and 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 speak about this." And I and I just got to that point in my life now where I said, "You know what? Why? Why can't I speak mm -hmm. the truth? Why should we keep being told that we have to be?" Uh, shut up so that the perpetrators can keep perpetrating mm -hmm. and that was my that was my thinking I I had a I went away for a, a, a walking weekend I got burnt out and I came back from that weekend I'd seen in this dream this book I saw the cover and I saw the title to it and I just thought wow that's that's really in your face you know how more uh, you know I can't make a bolder statement than sue me yes. so Exactly. That's exactly what I've I've now now put out there to the world. You know, this is my truth, and and if you want to sue me, then then do because it nothing else can hurt me. I've been through every possible type of pain I can can have gone through. So therefore, just just for the sake of getting that out there and helping other people, that means more to me than being sued. I, it's that that doesn't mean that that wouldn't affect me in the slightest compared to what I've been through. Mm. Wow. And people can read a little bit the, the first part of your story. Where can they find where can they find your book? Where is your book being? Um, um, the book's now on Amazon. It's gone. It's just come out as a Kindle version. Um, and eventually I will be doing an audio version as well. Um, but, yeah, it's out there on, on, on Amazon at, at present. It's on my website as well. Okay, fantastic. And what I'll do in the show notes is add um, all the details about where people can read uh, right. your story and have access to your website and have access to you. And so at the moment, you're working with, as as we were saying, working with people, mentoring people. And it's not only through, it's not only through domestic violence issues, is it? You, you do other work 
Yeah, so, so it's really to help people to identify with challenges that they're going through. Sometimes mm. it's it's cycles of deprivation. They're going through the same old thing. They're burnt out. They can't overcome a challenge. They can't see a way through. You know, it's, it's usually that they've tried all different modalities. Mm. So I help people to identify with what's currently going on for them. Then we go back to the root cause. We pull that. We're playing with time and space really through the subconscious and then we have a very different outcome. So I help mentor them through those processes until they get to to where they they um, they want to be. And and doing this, you use various modalities in your work. Yeah. So it's it's all through intuitively. It's all through mm. the, the the subconscious. Um, but I I put in healthy structures. So I give them things that they will do on a daily basis. It's not something that's, you know, it's not rocket science and it's certainly not time consuming. It helps like an anchor. It grounds you and it reminds the subconscious every single day by doing these things that, ah, I'm changing. I'm feeding my blueprint now. I'm no longer feeding the fear. And every day you're moving towards your blueprint taking over. So it's like a bike. You know, you get on the bike, you're a bit wobbly at first. I help you to, you know, teach you we're going in the right direction now. And eventually you get the the rhythm of the pedals and, and you then you don't even know that you're riding. You know, and you're, then you're, off. Off. you're now looking at the scenery. And yeah. that's exactly what it's like. Once you've once you're going down the right direction, you no longer are going towards that fear anymore. That's gone. That's done. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's wonderful. And so people can and if people want to contact you, where can you? Can you please go through your, your yeah yeah yeah? So my well. website is Amanda Hyphen Heart. That's the dash Heart H A R T dot co dot UK. Okay, fantastic. Oh, thank Thanks, Amanda. Wow. Thank yeah. It's. I mean, there's so much. There's so many other. Also, there are so many other questions that I want to ask you, but I know that'll be another. You know, perhaps for another episode of the podcast, but um, because you did also talk about your experience in terms of on the um on the metaphysical realm you know with with your experience with angels and also you're highly psychic I understand yeah yeah Yeah. and that's all developed because of uh, as a child I I worked in nature a lot I was out in nature so Mm. uh, my intuitive faculty is 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 my that's my my power that's my superpower and yeah. that's what I use with my work. It's how I make my decisions, you know, big or small. And um, yeah, so there's, there's, it's, I love the whole understanding of how the body's reacting, the metaphysical yeah. side of, of life, which is uh, is a whole new subject, a whole other subject. Well, it's amazing. And we will have to actually have a conversation about that because it's something I love talking about as well, the intuition and, yes. and using our intuition, which I think, as you say now, more and more people are tuning into the fact that they can, that use that they connect can connect with their higher selves yeah. and that that they even have a higher self yeah. <laughs> uh, and that, that they can connect with and that can actually help inform decisions and help you move in a, a way that's more aligned to your higher good as yeah. opposed to this you know it, it's kind of it comes from the from the inside as opposed to this uh, idea that we are directed by external things that we have no control over. So yeah, again, about taking our power back, which is very much, I think, 
Yeah, and I, I work a lot in the corporate world with people, with their businesses, and people don't realize that actually a lot of the, our, our intelligence, well, our intelligence actually is in, in the energy world. And if we tune into our, our higher nature, we can find so many solutions to help us with business, to make decisions, um, you know, to, to have a better life, you know, especially in relationships, relationship with ourselves and others. So, it's you know it it covers absolutely everything and why wouldn't you want to dive into it it's like having a a super library compared to our little library of all our past experiences it's so limited why would you go back there yeah exactly I, i love it and that's a and that's a brilliant way brilliant way to to conclude i think because yeah exactly why would you go back there when you had to this tiny library of lived past lived experience that hasn't may have served us in a in a way actually because all experience hopefully we learn from but we can tap into something that's that is huge and limitless to yes. give us the answers that we need yeah. wow amazing Oh, Amanda, thank you so much. God, this is feels like we're talking for 10 minutes, but, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's been really wonderful talking to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming onto the show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Caroline. Um, I'd love you to come back and for us to continue our conversation um, and hear a bit more about your story. I wanted to kind of really dive in, but I'm like, oh, people need to read this, I think, for themselves. Um, and, um, yeah, so I just, I wish you all the best and, and huge success with your, um, publication and your, and your further publications. And, um, as I said, I'll pop all your details and, uh, contact details and where people can buy the book into the show notes. So please, dear listeners, uh, look at those. And, um, I just want to say again to everybody who listens, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Please share with somebody that you think may benefit from hearing this. Uh, Please like and follow and subscribe. And I will speak to you again next week on the Perception Podcast. Bye.